yes, we are undocumented immigrants, but we have searched for the American dream like anyone else. We are no different from anyone. We are humans, students, parents, um, and we should be treated as such. Undocumented people in the country are a really important part of the country, and it's about time that we start treating every person with respect, dignity, and allow them to study, to work freely, without threatening them with deportation. Welcome to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Sal Dietry, the host of Grace in 30. Tonight, we've heard a lot about the dreamers lately. These are people who are brought to the United States I- illegally as children and are eligible for DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, a program that temporarily shields some young immigrants from deportation and allows them to work legally. President Trump ordered an end to DACA back in September, putting 800,000 dreamers in limbo. With all the talk around the political nature of dreamers being used as political pawns, it's tough to remember that the vast majority are simply people living here in the Arlington and D.C. community who have spent most of their lives in our country and here among us and love this area dearly. Today we're joined by two of them. Lizette Arias is executive director of The Dream Project, an Arlington-based nonprofit that provides scholarships, mentoring, advocacy for dreamers, and Selena Caceres, a Yorktown High School student and Dream Project mentee. They join us to share their personal dreamer stories, the reaction to the political environment, and especially to tell folks here in the Arlington and D.C. area how you can get involved with the Dream Project. Lizette and Selena, welcome to Grace in 30. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Uh, you know, tell us about your dreamer journeys, where you came from, how old you are when you came to America. Because one thing we want to make clear here tonight is that dreamers are folks we see every day in this Arlington community. Folks that we encounter, their uh, friends, their neighbors, their classmates, uh, their employees and workers that we deal with every day here in Arlington. Tell us about your own stories. And Lizette, why don't you kick it off? Sure. Um, So I got to Arlington when I was uh, four months old. Uh, My parents came here um, from Bolivia because the economy there kind of tanked. They had owned a shop there, and um, they basically had to leave everything. We came here. um, I went to school here at uh, first at Abingdon, then Gunston, then Wakefield. I was the valedictorian at Wakefield in 07. um, And... Yeah, so I've been here my whole life. Um, I got to go to college uh, because I I had such good grades. Um, and Moravian College in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, gave me a scholarship uh, to attend. Um, and I was, you know, I graduated, uh, but I was still undocumented. So I came back to Arlington. Um, I didn't really know what to do because I didn't have a work permit. But I got involved with Dr. Emma Villan Sanchez, who was starting the Dream Project. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Dream Project has helped a lot of students um, over the years. Um, I've been involved since it started in 2010, um, and now I'm the executive director. So, uh, still in Arlington, uh, still Arlingtonian, and, you know, this is my home, and I hope to stay here. 
Yeah, that's great. My daughter goes to Gunston, so mm-hmm. I can I can relate. And congratulations, Wakefield, excellent school. Uh, Selena, tell us a little bit about your experience. You're a student at Yorktown High School. Of course. So I was born in Guatemala. And so when I was little, my parents were the first ones who came to the U.S. And I remember living like one or two years um, with my grandmother and my two older older siblings. Um, and so there was one time when I, re- I received a call and it was my parents asking if I wanted to come to the United States and join them. And I thought immediately, immediately, yes, I wanted to be reunited with them and be a family once again. And so, but um, the thing was that only my oldest brother and I were able to come here to the United States. And I came when I was about five years old, leaving my grandmother and second older behind. And so uh, there was that separation of family, but thankfully we still kept the same contact um, and we never once forgot about each other. Um, And so I attended elementary school here, key school just down the road, um, a beautiful immersion program. Uh, So I never lost touch of my Spanish um, or English. And then for middle school, I went to Williamsburg Middle School. uh, And I met some wonderful counselors there who uh, helped prepare me for college through um, nominating me for the George Mason Early Identification Program, which is another mentoring program that helps first-generation students with their path to college. Uh, And then for high school, I went to Yorktown. And I'm currently a high school senior. And I'm looking forward to my graduation. Um, And I actually received a full ride scholarship to Lafayette College in Pennsylvania. So I'm looking forward to that. Congratulations. I think any any, uh, student would look forward to a scholarship to college these days with the the cost of tuition. And I have a daughter who goes to Key, so, uh, you know, (laughs) se habla espanol. Um, And it just reminds me of how inclusive a community Arlington is that we even have an immersion program. Uh, here in our public school system, you know, based on your your personal experiences, experiences of others, you know, let's look. Let's dig a little deeper. You talk about what it's like to be a dreamer, Selena. You talked about coming here, having lived with a grandparent. Your parents were able to bring you here. T- tell us a little bit more about uh, your experiences and some of the struggles and things you've seen as a dreamer. Of course. So, in fifth grade, I remember I wanted to do an exchange program for El Salvador. And at the back of my mind, I remember, you know, recalling I was undocumented, but at the same time, I didn't know exactly what that was. And so one day I asked my parents, can I do this exchange program? And they said, no, because we may never see you again. And so that's when it hit me, wait a minute, what's going on? So so this is what I have to deal with, um, with me coming here. Um, and so this means I would never visit my grandmother again or be reunited with my second older brother. Um, And so that moment was really eye-opening for me. But at the same time, in fifth grade, I remember my brother was also graduating from Yorktown High School, my oldest brother, Jose. And I never once remember him talking about college, actually. Um, And it wasn't until middle school that I found out that, you know, because of our situation, he was unable to pay the out-of-state tuition because as as an undocumented student, we are not allowed to pay in-state tuition rates, um, like United States residents or citizens, and we were not able to get any federal help. And so come middle school, I started being being more conscious about my grades and my future aspirations and everything. And I said, I wanted to go to college, so how can I get there? Um, But then other stuff also happened in high school where, 
Even though my brother never finished college, I saw him going on and off because he couldn't pay financially. And my parents were trying to support him, but even then it wasn't enough, taking one class at a time and sometimes, you know, not even eat, going to Nova uh, to achieve those credits. And so high school came along and I decided I need to be more active. It's, it's not only me that needs help, but other students also, especially in high school sense, we're starting to get um, prepared for the workforce and college education. So I started becoming more active, speaking to other individuals about like the situation about um, undocumented students uh, and how we can help each other with other resources if they need an immigration lawyer. I know some of them had immigration cases that you know they needed help with, but they didn't know their rights, they didn't have the right resources. So I wanted to be more active in my community in that sense. And Lizette, uh, some stories you'd like to share. You know, I, I just uh, a New York Times article says, you know, a typical dreamer, uh, you know, lives in Los Angeles, is from Mexico, and came to the U.S. at the age of six. It seems very much a stereotype uh, that does not necessarily fit the the people that we see here in Arlington County. Can tell us a little bit about experiences you've seen and, and your own experiences of, of dreamers in the area. Yeah, um, so a lot of the students that come to us are actually, well, in this area are actually from Central America or Bolivia. <laughs> There's so many Bolivians here. Um, I am Bolivian. Full That's disclosure. why the Sultanias are so good here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so a lot of the students do come at a young age. Um, and uh, a big misconception of the dreamer um, that the the media and you know the stories have created is that they are straight A students, which is um, is not a hundred percent true. Um, a lot of them are normal students uh, that you know are in in high school, um, even younger than that. Actually, um, they they came here at a young age, but it might not be six years old. It might be thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Um, another big uh, misconception from our from from the dreamer is that they came um, and they are eligible for DACA. A lot of the students that we are seeing at the Dream Project won't even have DACA, so they are fully undocumented um, because they, for some reason or another, didn't qualify for DACA. So that means um, they don't have a work permit, they don't have a legal status uh, right now. So. They are fully undocumented, still want to go to college, still very motivated, but uh, it's that much harder for them. Yeah, it, it, you bring up a good point. Uh, the Dream Project uh, started around 2010, is that correct? Correct. And DACA, uh, again, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, was passed in 2012, I believe? Yes. Yeah, did, do, me, do us a favor, it, it, two questions. One is, did DACA you know, make things noticeably better for you and your peers? And if so, how? But maybe give a, a quick baseline of what DACA is, what it's in, entitling, its opportunity, because there may be some listeners who simply don't know. Sure. Um, so, yeah, the Dream Project started in 2010. Um, this was a time before DACA. So um, it started with uh, students that were undocumented. They wanted to go to college, but we didn't know how to send them. Um, the Dream Project uh, thought that we should give them a scholarship and maybe connect them with um, people that could help them get there. That's why the Dream Project started. Um, then DACA happened in 2012. Um, up until that point, every undocumented student had to pay 
three times as much for a tuition credit at Nova or any school. Um, so it made a college education basically impossible because it would be, you know, 40, 50,000. And um, most of our undocumented parents only make maybe 400 a week, 500. Um, so there, that's like um, the ceiling for, for that undocumented dreamer. Um, when DACA happened, what it gave a certain um, eligible youth, it was a work permit and um, a relief from the fear of deportation. So uh, when what DACA does is uh, allows the dreamer to um, basically get a work permit and not be deported. Um, it's it's kind of a deferred action on your um, deportation, <laughs> um, in a way. So it made things easier for those that qualified. And to qualify, you had to have arrived before a certain day. Um, and I won't get into the specifics because right. they get complicated. Yep. Um, and that made it easier for those people that DACA, um, that, that they, they got their DACA. But it also left out a lot of people, um, including, you know, some notice, very uh, prominent and, you know, well-known dreamers like Jose Antonio Vargas, um, who is the um, journalist from the New York Times that came out as undocumented in 2012, shortly before DACA was announced, um, because he was overage. Uh, I think you had to be under 30. He was 31. Um, so it kind of also... DACA was great. It allowed a lot of good things for a lot of good people, but it also split the the population uh, of undocumented youth um, between those that qualify and those that didn't. Um, overall, it's an amazing program that allowed a lot of good things for the country, for the individual lives it affected. But at that, it also left out people. Lizette, tell us about uh, some more about the Dream Project. Um, you know, some of the scholarships and the mentoring and the advocacy are sort of your three pillars, if you will. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the, the scholarships. What does a typical scholarship look, le- look like? How, how, is, how is it getting funded? Um, and, and maybe some of who are the recipients of this? Sure. Um, the Dream Project is uh, mainly funded through individual donors from Arlington, Alexandria, Washington, and some from Maryland. Um, that make it all the way out here. Um, but so what we when we funded the dream project, uh, we wanted to give the students a hope um, because these dreamers are oftentimes not eligible for any scholarships. They're definitely not eligible for financial aid from the government. Um, so they can't fill out the FAFSA. So we wanted to do a scholarship that they could apply to. Um, to have a shot, you know? Um, so uh, the Dream Project Scholarship is, um, it started with four students um, in 2011. Um, and it was of $1,000. Um, right now we're getting ready to award 90 scholarships of 1500 That's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's all thanks to um, dreamers sharing their story, their struggle, and the community responding to it and responding with uh, money (laughs) that funds these scholarships. Um, They are definitely touched with um, the resilience these students show, um, with the promise they show. Uh, A lot of our students have amazing grades, amazing ambitions, and 
you know, the the donors see it. Um, you just have to talk to one of our scholars or one of our mentees like Selena and realize that they have incredible potential and to not fund them to go to college and achieve their dreams is to, you know, really, um, it does the community, the country of this favor. And Selena, tell us about the, the mentoring piece of this. Um, you've been active in the mentoring area. You, you all are certainly looking for mentors right now. You always are, but there's a big need for that right now, given the number of scholarships you're putting out. Selena, tell us a bit about the mentoring aspect of it. Sure. Okay. So first of all, you know, the dream project, once you go in, it's, it's like a family. You start building more relationships mm -hmm. with the people you meet, whether it's friends or the mentors you see around. Um, it's a great support system. I'll be honest. Um, it, it really does help one, like, let, like, let's say myself, if, if you're a first generation student and your parents didn't go to college here, at least, um, or over there in their country, they didn't complete their higher education. And so the Dream Project really does a good job of ensuring that we know the process. And so, and, and our families too, and our families get involved with the process with us. And it, like I said, it's a support system that helps us um, prepare for our higher education, our future lives. Uh, they, they really give us um, that hope um, that we need in order to achieve our aspirations, our goals. And it's, it's really nice. And my mentor, is, um, she's amazing. <laughs> she has helped me a lot, uh, especially with writing scholarships, looking for different ways of um, how to afford college as well. And like, let's say it's not only scholarships, but also getting ready for interviews, if you have a scholarship interview. Uh, and it's really nice because they, they start preparing us for any sort of scenario that we might find ourselves in. And, and I'm sure the parents of dreamers are just overwhelmed by this experience and that their children are getting this kind of advocacy, mentorship, scholarships, you know, and it, you don't have to look too far. I mean, uh, you know, my grandfather immigrated from Italy. My parents didn't go to, to college and we're, you know, the, my brothers and sisters are, some of them went to college. So we're first generation, you know, college graduates from immigrant families. I mean, this is a story played out time and time again in Arlington County. Lizette, tell us some of your favorite stories, maybe oh, two, two folks or two stories that you've encountered that really have stuck with you over the years. Uh, yeah, so um, I think my most vivid memory is actually of the first uh, Dream Project Awards ceremony uh, that I, um, I helped, you know, organize. Um, a student came up um, and she was in tears. It was at the end of the award ceremony and she said, I didn't know dreamers could go to college. And um, and then she told me her story. She was um, a straight A student from Washington Lee. And I told her my story that I had gone to college. There was, I was undocumented and I had graduated. So, and um, you know, just seeing the, that other students were going to college and that I had gone to college and made her hopeful that there was a way for her to to achieve those dreams. She wants to be a doctor. She's still studying, obviously, because she <laughs> takes forever. Um, but yeah, that, it, it stuck with me that um, my story could have such power to make someone hope, uh, hopeful of their future, um, to return that, you know, illusion of, or not illusion, um, faith that they could achieve um, their dreams. Um, and then I think on another really recent story <laughs> that happened was um, this Monday, um, the Dream Project got together uh, with the parents and the students, mentees, um, 
mentors board members because March 5th marked the deadline for the um, that President Trump set for the end of DACA. That's right. Um, so we got together and we really um, dissected what it meant, what March 5th meant to us. Um, we, we said how we felt. We also brought clarity on uh, what what March what March fifth does to DACA students, um, and basically, it, it's it's okay for now. Um, but we are encouraging if you have DACA to renew it. Um, and I think the best moment of the night was seeing everyone together, the parents, the students, and you know them. It's it's hard to know that a lot of us with DACA might be losing it in the next couple of years. Um, and we're going to be deportable. And um, But having everyone together that night on Monday, um, it brought back hope. I think um, we are not going to be deported if we all stand together and if we keep fighting for our rights. So um, Monday was pretty special in that sense. Get us up uh, a little bit on the... the current advocacy and political environment. March 5th has passed. T- tell us a little bit about what's going to happen here, and at least what's on the table maybe at Congress in this next uh, 2018 uh, session. Just take a minute maybe and just mm-hmm. kind of for our listeners what, what you all think might be coming down the pike. Sure. Um, so I'll kick it off. Um, but um, So basically President Trump said get something permanent for DACA um, by March 5th. Uh, obviously, it's March 7th. Nothing has happened. Congress has not acted. Um, we, There were a few bills that would have protected uh, DREAMers. They usually are called DREAM Acts of some sort. Um, none of them got enough votes. Uh, so, uh, obviously, Congress will keep on trying to do something. I think there's a lot of um, uh, will willingness to help us um, find protection. Um, the country is basically behind us. I think something as high as 85% of um, the population supports a DREAM Act. Um, but in my view, it's pr- probably nothing's going to happen until the elections are over. Um, I am not a political pundit <laughs> of any sort, but that's just how I see it. Selena, if you... No, uh, I agree with you, Lisa. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I can hold on to much hope as I can, but at the same time, I am realistic with myself, and I honestly, I expected this to happen um, in Congress on Friday. I mean, on Monday, um, for action not to be taken. It, it's been a while. Congress has never really done anything um, that you know puts out an actual immigration reform that helps out not only undocumented youth but their parents too. Um, and so I honestly don't see anything happening this following year or this upcoming year right now um, until, like, elections are, op- are okay. over, like um, <laughs> Lisette said. Yeah, we've got about uh, four minutes left. I want to do two things. One, I want, uh, I want to turn this into sort of a rally cry for dreamers. Uh, tell us two things or something, each of you, that you want our listeners to know about dreamers and then I want to shift quickly to talk about how people can get involved. Real quick, Selena, in, in one sentence, what do you want people to leave this this conversation knowing about DREAMers? Of course. So I would say, yes, we are undocumented immigrants, 
but we have searched the, for the American dream like anyone else. We are no different from anyone. We are humans, students, parents even, um, and we should be treated as such. And Lizette, in one minute. Uh, well, undocumented people in the country are, you know, a, a really important part of the country, and whether America is ready to recognize it or not, um, we need undocumented people workforce because um, it's just how it is and it's about time that we start treating every person with respect dignity and um, you know uh, allow them to study to work freely um, and without threatening them with deportation because that's just not fair you all how can uh, listeners get involved with the dream project you all have a concert or an event coming up here fairly soon right like it's may 4th you might have mentioned yeah uh, tell us a few ways how people can get involved whether it's contributions coming to the concert visiting your website being mentors take another minute or so and kind of walk through that lizette yeah so the dream project um website is a great resource um to figure out how you can get involved uh the site is dreamproject-va.org um, and yes, we have a concert. It's called Voices for Solidarity. Um, you can find more on it at bit.ly slash Voices for Solidarity. Um, and it is a concert that's going to feature a lot of different voices uh, from the community. Our diversity is great and we want to showcase it. So we welcome you to come out and uh, meet the Dream Project students, um, meet our board. We're we're as diverse as Arlington, so definitely come out. Um, it's May 4th at 7 p.m. And mentors, how can folks reach out to you to become a mentor? Uh, mentors can uh, find more information on our website, dreamproject-va.org, um, or you know, send us a quick email. Uh, we're also looking for any professional that wants to help us in any way, um, either men being a mentor to high school students or we're also trying to reach out um because our students are graduating so they need jobs so we're we're trying to find them mentors too uh look uh thank you both for joining us uh, lizette and selena thank you for the work you're doing to advocate for dreamers right here in the arlington community if listeners want to find out more about the dream project please visit them on the web at dreamproject-va.org a replay of this show will be posted on the Grayson30.com and WERA.FM websites, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher. This is Sal Dietry signing off from the Grayson30 radio show on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night and be sure to tune in to Grace. <laughs>